What is up, rugby fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Safa Pod. After a weekend of what might be the best quarterfinals of all time, if not possibly the best weekend of rugby of all time, we're back. We're going to review that, and we're also going to get into this weekend's semi-final against the English. Steaks, how was your weekend? Obviously, your favorite team's been knocked out, but at least the box is still in it. You know what? I can't believe that Ireland's curse continues. <laughs> and um, yeah, it just is what it is, man. I think the world was sort of rooting against Ireland. I think the arrogance and everything got a bit much for everyone. But I mean, I was still quite bleak that they got knocked out. It was a humdinger of a game. And honestly, after that game, I was like, that is the, the game of the tournament by 100 miles. And then little did we know. South Africa and France were like, box. hold my bear. Yeah, full on, dude. And that, oh my gosh, we'll get into it. But whew, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can say I was having a heart attack during that game. But I think the whole of South Africa was pretty much, man. If you look at Instagram and everyone's, you know, replies and stuff to it, it was just madness. But it was, yo, great weekend of rugby, man. Absolutely. Looking at it, I mean, the other two sem- the other two quarterfinals rather not too much to review other than Argentina proving us wrong and showing up against Wales and then obviously England just just pepping up past the Fijians. And you know what? I was a bit torn because the reality is Fiji beat England, everybody's happy. And I mean everybody who's not English is happy. In fact, some English people would have been happy with England getting beat by Fiji. But if we played Fiji in the semis, it the would be another weekend of the whole world being against us. So am I happy that it's the English? Kind of, because the whole world's going to be supporting us. Dude, I'm I'm over the moon that it's the English, because now it's just that... I mean, the, the storylines are all there, man, to be honest. Like, I mean... Yeah, you have like New Zealand versus Ireland. You have France versus South Africa. Now we have uh, England versus South Africa in the semis. And you know what? I will say if South Africa just didn't manage to win that game against France, I would have been gutted. But man, you know what? I, the, the next day I would have been fine. I would have been fine. But oh my gosh, heaven forbid we lose to the bloody English, Bro, man. We then cannot fuming that. No, I'm not I'm not allowing myself to think about it. I mean, you look at it, New Zealand side of the, the side of the draw because of the way the game's panned out. Cracking game against Ireland, as you say. I feel like New Zealand when South Africa played Ireland, we've obviously got that rush defense, as do teams like France, Wales are quite similar. But New Zealand almost sat off and let them attack the line and gave them the edge. And as soon as they gave them the edge, as soon as Ireland started wrapping around, they were on them. And I don't think I saw one breakdown in that entire game that wasn't contested. It felt like every single breakdown, there was a Kiwi in there just trying to disrupt it. And Sam Kane proved his proved his hazes wrong. Do you think that maybe the All Blacks have have played their best game of the, the tournament and there's anywhere for them to go from here? Cause you can't see them being any better after that. Can you? No, I, I can't. I mean, New Zealand somehow find a way to just prove us wrong. And again, you know, you don't want to, you know, count the chickens before, before they start roosting and hatching and that, you know, but like, 
in, in New Zealand Springbok final will just have me on the edge of my seat. I don't know what I'm going to do because you just can't predict between those two teams. You know, I feel like it's, I, I feel like the average non Springbok fan will say, you know, what Springbok should really easily pump England, but you just don't want to say it as a Springbok fan. And I know the Kiwis would be the same if they met England in the finals, but I will gladly say that New Zealand will pump them. I think what they did against Ireland is more than enough to win a World Cup. Like, that—that that is without a doubt. This is a fantastic game. And they were playing number one in the world, and they shut number one in the world down. That I mean, I was getting so frustrated because it, it was just so seen by the Kiwis, and it was just so standard practice, everything Ireland were doing, and they weren't changing it up. They weren't doing anything different when it wasn't working. And they just... You know, it kept beating a dead horse and kept going through the motions of something that just wasn't working. And they just didn't have the ability to just change it up and, you know, see in front of them and just try and, you know, have little little moments where you just give something a try. There were so many moments like that in the Springbok game where it was hoof the ball up. You have every single person sitting around you at the pub saying, oh, you know, why are we kicking the ball? But it's just wait. That's why we kick the ball is because it adds pressure. You know, it's that territory game. Who was it? I think it was um, Skulk Brits that said there's there's a time where we don't want to play with the ball. You know, and if you look at the um, possession and the territory, we don't mind that because we, we just going to keep pushing the territory and going into their half. We don't have the ball. But we we forcing those errors and mistakes and that, and then we we capitalizing on it. And I just don't think Ireland sort of changed it or just tried lots of things like that. That that maybe it does work. Maybe it does work off. Yeah, I think it was it was interesting because both of those quarters, possession, territory, clean breaks, carries. If you were to look at that on paper. And you were to give that to somebody for both the Ireland and New Zealand game and the South Africa France game, and you went, "Who do you think would wins this game?" Everybody is saying the team who's got all the better stats, but in both of those games, it was actually the team that not wanted it more, but worked a little bit harder. The charge down from Colby, the pace from him to do that is ridiculous, and I've seen lots of stuff online where they've said. Oh, Ramos, he he came early. He didn't because he knows what Ramos does when he kicks. He always moves one of his feet. Then he's got a couple of seconds and then he moves because he played with him at Toulouse. So he knew exactly what he was doing. As soon as he saw Ramos move his foot, he was away. TMO checked that it was fine. What, what have England done this World Cup? No, they've, they, they, they've done absolutely nothing. And that was obviously everyone talks about it in the world now, you know, just the draws and stuff. It is what it is. But realistically, obviously, as everyone said, those two quarterfinal matches should have been semifinals without a doubt. Now, don't get me wrong. Anything can happen on the day. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, England are in the knockouts, they're in the semis. If they just have that performance that they've shown in the past, they can squeak past us, you know, an unsuspecting Springbok team. But I don't think we we super unsuspecting. I think we do give them the respect they deserve and the the name that's that that's on their on their chest and and their badge and that you know it's, it's the Red Roses. You can't you can't underestimate them. No matter if they're not really super hot, you know, they're not as flashy as a New Zealand as a Springbok or so even as Ireland and France. Like they haven't they haven't really been that great. 
You know, they've, they've coasted past games. They won, okay, it was an excellent, decent game against Argentina, you know, utilizing the kicks and just being smart. I think that's that's what Ireland probably should have done a bit more was just being clever with small things like that. But against Samoa, I mean, they just barely got past. And I mean, even Fiji, they barely got past. Granted, Fiji have been playing well, but that, that you know, on an up-to-standard English side, doesn't matter how well Fiji do, they shouldn't be getting that close to inform proper England team. But let's just hope that they don't get informed this weekend. I keep having memories of that 2019 semi-final that England had against the Kiwis. And everybody, and I mean everybody, other than the English, were talking about the way the Kiwis were going to absolutely annihilate the English. The English turned up. That was the game for them. The hope for from us needs to be, and I don't think it's going to happen because Russi and Jock know this England team. We've played England, what, three times in, in 2018 when they first started. Maybe two times during this like autumn nation cycle, the, the cycle that's happened recently. Plus the the final in twenty nineteen, so minimum we've played them on by that count is six times. So we know this team well. Granted, it's the first time that we're playing against Steve Bolthwick's coached England. They almost play a little bit like the box did in twenty nineteen, a little bit risk averse, but more of a kicking game, trying to counter kind of where they can. One thing that surprised me, I don't know your thoughts on this. The box haven't changed their team for this week. Exact same lineup as last week. Would you have made any changes? Is there anybody you would have brought in? Anybody you would have maybe brought up from the bench and any changes you might have made? I think don't don't fix what's not broken. You know, I think there was a good couple of guys there that we didn't expect. I mean, Kobus Reinach starting. I definitely didn't expect it, but I mean, pre-World Cup, I sort of was having him in the starting lineup. So I mean, yeah, I had I had uh, Grant Williams glasses on last week when I, you know, t- said the side. But I, I do back uh, Kurbus Reinach starting and Fife coming off the bench, bringing that little bit of fire with him and stuff. I think I think it's pretty good. He does have a bit of a hot head, so I quite like Kurbus Reinach playing majority of the game. And uh, you know, Fife maybe just getting in there, u- utilizing that. Um, sort of pushing other players in that in those in those certain times and seeing what we can get out of it. He's obviously a phenomenal player as is. Um, I think the situation with, with Andre Pollard coming on, just like we spoke about last week, was good. You don't want to have him playing the full game, and I, I think Marnie just continues to play really well. His kicking's getting be- getting better and better, which is amazing. It's it doesn't matter how shit he was kicking in the beginning of the tournament. If he's slotting goal um goal kicks over and uh, we end up winning this World Cup, everyone's going to be talking about Marnie Lebok and how well he did and everything like that, and everyone's going to forget about the kicks. You know, the kicks that really matter are the ones from now. So uh, forwards played really well. How's bloody Irvin Etzebeth? What a game! Honestly, what a game! Right. His that that I mean, I thought it was God. <laughs> like when 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 I saw that. So did I. Sticking out his hand. I was like, oh, no, you can't do that. But when you saw this in the slow motion, it actually went backwards. Those yeah. mammoth Goliath bloody hands of his actually at full reach managed to knock the ball back. 
And the friends were bitching and moaning about it, but you can't deny that it, it was literally brought back. For his his highness, his lordship, Sir Nigel Owens has come out to say, you cannot tell me that that went definitively forward. At worst, it went sideways. Yeah. And for it to be a knock-on, the ball has to travel forward. He's, you know what, I actually... We've got Ben O'Keefe again this weekend. I actually think he didn't ref the ba- game badly at all. I actually think he was quite good. Hey, everyone, everyone that you saw online, the French were bitching. Everyone that you speak to here in South Africa, bitching about the ref. The ref was against us. No, I, there was a good couple calls that he missed. Yeah, but it was very but on even. both sides. Who cares about missed calls and stuff as long as it's consistent? You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, he missed missed those ones. So what? He also got a lot right. You got a lot right. And you can't blame the ref when you're going for a penalty line out and you kick it behind you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, mate, there were so many times where France bug it up. You can't blame the ref. And I think they did uh, re- retract the statements straight away, pretty much as they were saying it. But, like, dude, you can't blame the ref. You've got yeah. to have a perfect game if you're going to blame the ref and you lose by one point. You've got to have a perfect, perfect game if you're going to blame the ref. You can't. There was no. nothing. There was nothing, bar one point, that was separating those teams. And the other thing says, how's Damien Willemser catching that ball in the twenty-two? Oh, bro, mark going for the scrum, bro. The balls on the Springbok team. <laughs> Can you imagine then, being one of those they French go and boys? Get the penalty. <laughs> what? <laughs> you imagine being one of those French boys? Because this is the reality. You've called the mark, and you'll know this. You call the mark, you look up, nine times out of ten, it'll be a couple of loose forwards, a winger, a center. One of those boys are chasing down that kick, right? The big boys are still all the way by the halfway line. They're still waiting. They're they're still running on. And they're like, well, I've got to run from here to there to go and scrum. And then, oh, that penalty, I got so excited. And the best thing in the world was even the commentators were confused. <laughs> Yeah, everyone. It was world class. Just asserting your dominance. I'm really hoping you, you oh, see that man. this weekend. I think I think I think Springboks do that so well is they find these moments in the game where it's all a mental win in those moments. It's risky. Yes, like we play a high risk game. But it went when more often than not, they get those moves right. And I wouldn't be surprised if if that was something that you know Rusty and Jacques told them is like, because, dude, who the fuck is Willemse to make that call? <laughs> nah. Who's Willemse yeah. to make that call? No chance he makes that call without being told to make that call at some point in the To game. be fair, I think Rossi said they did speak about it this week. 100%. 100 Because, dude, that, that is all mental. It's We're in a tight game. The forwards are doing well. We're confident in the scrum. If there is a point where we get a mark, just call the scrum. And then just confuse the shit out of them. You know what I mean? And then because now it, it plays on your mind when you're playing something like that. It's okay. Cool. You in motion, like they yeah. go for the line and everything like that. Now they call a scrum. What scrum? It's like, wasn't even, you weren't even like, there was no concept of a scrum in that moment, you know? And now you got to get in this mindset quickly about a scrum. 
and everything. And I'm sure every Springbok player knew, hey, if the mark's called, oh, is, is that going to be a scrum? Is is this going to be the time? Yeah. You know what I mean? So they know what's going to happen. So when you catch a team off like that and then you lose it, now it's playing on their forwards' minds the whole time, being like, what? How, how did they do that? How did they do that? You know, you don't you don't forget something so outlandish. Right. It was, as you say, A, mind games, but B, imagine imagine then going, you, you're, you're in your you're half and you're thinking about going for the 50-22. You're lining up a 50-22 and you go, oh, but what happens if this goes straight into their hands? The other thing I was going to gonna mention is, I had a look at the, the England team earlier. Interestingly enough, Marcus Smith has apparently not been selected due to not recovering from a head injury. But I almost, I was almost hoping that Marcus Smith would be named at fifteen, because I'm not sure. I mean, he's played fifteen once, and I'm not sure they he would have been able to cope with with the high balls. So it would have been good to see him there. But having a look at their team, they've they've called up Dan Cole and Joe Mahler to the starting starting lineup. You know what, mate? Having a look at that team, it doesn't make me nervous. Is that a bad thing to say? I don't. I don't want to say anything. Even even after this last game, I didn't want to drink. Okay, it was a Sunday, but I didn't want to drink. I didn't want to celebrate. I was happy, but I'm not celebrating. You know, we've got to beat England. Then you know what? I'll celebrate because second place ain't that bad, dude. When you've when you've made two finals in a row, that's not bad. Obviously, I want them to win, but you you can't you can't be sad about that. You know. But this game, oh my goodness, man. Oh my goodness, we just need to win. I'm still nervous. But I'm, I'm still, still ner- I'm still because nervous. I just you know don't want to lose. The the games I've been nervous for this year, or most nervous for, were Ireland and France. Yeah. Right? Because we've played those boys. We we played those we played French the French once in this World Cup cycle. I think we've only played Ireland once in this World Cup cycle too. So they're not somebody that we know very well. A lot of the boys in our squad play against those those boys in the premiership. Week in and week out, somebody like Andre Estesen will have so much IP on that English team. I'm, I'm less nervous and I'm a little bit more bullish about this game. But once again, if we don't beat this English team, we have failed. We are at least ten points better than them. It is. At it least. is a World Cup. It is a World Cup. I would want to forget if we lost to England in the semis. Brian, we can't even turn to cricket anymore. No, we can't because they're going to fucking lose the Netherlands. <laughs> what the hell is that? That that was my my hopes were were riding on that. I was like, at least we lose the French. My word, no, literally, man, literally. But I'm amped. I'm flipping. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I'm also excited to get my weekends back. To be honest, because... I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. The URC starts this weekend. I know. Oh, flip. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> No, you watch you watch the games, but but sometimes you know if you're busy and you know you you're going somewhere, you can miss a game. You know you can't miss a flipping Springbok World Cup game. No, you you simply can't. I've got a wedding the day of the final, and uh, I've already excused myself from a wedding for a good two hours. So <laughs> I feel like it's well worth it, man. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah. Nah. I, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, yeah, this is coming from a guy. Surely they play the rugby at the wedding. 
coming straight from a guy bro <laughs> as soon as i was about to say it i realized what i was saying and i was like no chick would want the flipping rugby on at the wedding <laughs> no nah, no chance to be fair i think everything is started dinners had everything will be finished by eight o'clock so that's a bolter that's fine because the game kicks off at eight so everybody will be like dancing and drinking by that point I'll be either sitting in a corner somewhere or sitting outside with my phone in hand just trying to catch catch those crucial minutes. And then if we win, I'll go back and I'll rewatch the game the next morning, I reckon. The full thing yeah. all over again. But 100%. well, if hopefully we, if we get to the finals. Yes. Let's not pull a New Zealand. Let's not overlook. Let's yes. not overlook. Yeah. I I just I just can't see it happening. I just can't. I can't, and that's what's going to, yeah, I'm a bit too high at the moment, you know what I mean? And I can't see it happening, but that's what's going to, oh my gosh, no, I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm not going to say it. But it's a rugby podcast where you give your opinion, so. No, but my opinion is going to put bad juju out there, bro. (laughs) Like, I can't have that, man. I can't have that. Yeah, it's it's not really what you want. Right, looking towards this weekend then. Argentina, New Zealand. Any chance for Argentina? Yeah, sucker. They really have to pull a rabbit out of the hat because New Zealand are hungry, man. After that Ireland game, they are starving. They lost the last World Cup out of the semis. They, you know, I, I, I actually watched quite a nice little like documentary. I haven't found the other episodes, but sort of talking about, you know, going, um, um, looking out for the coach and everything, was losing their job. And then, you know, like sort of playing their their asses off in that South Africa game. I think it was at Ellis Park, and then yeah, like having that win, and then they decided to keep the coach. So it's like, you know, they've they've got a lot to play for, especially when it's those moments where it's like, yo, this is do or die. You know what I mean? And you can't say anything bad about the black jersey. You know what I mean? So I think there's there's a very very low probability. I think New Zealand win by like 10, 20 points. Right. Keeping in mind, in the last World Cup cycle, Argentina have beaten the All Blacks in New Zealand for the first time. They've beaten them yeah, twice. But that's but that's a wounded New Zealand man. That was when they had some proper kinks going on, and you know, I think I think now they they're a lot more well well oiled and and tuned in for this game, and that I I, I don't. I don't see Argentina, you know, if, if they do my word, I'll be the first one jumping up and down and just going absolute, absolutely berserk, but you're right. Well, given the fact that Argentina have beaten New Zealand twice in the last like four years, I think realistically, I'm going to have to say New Zealand by about 15. <laughs> <laughs> Nice one. You really set that one up, didn't you? Uh, looking towards Springboks v England game. I don't think the boys are going to be overconfident, right? I think Russ and Jarkle have reminded them what happened to the Kiwis oh. in 2019. They'll have fired them up for this game. I think this game's quite an easy game to fire up South Africans for, let's be honest. Score prediction, Steaks. Oh man, a repeat 32-12 would be just poetic. But no, I reckon 
Oh, I reckon Springboks by 15. I'm thinking something like 27, 28, uh, 9. I don't want them to score a try. Oh, I don't want them to score a try either, man. I think if we really haven't... But again, it's if we do the same thing we did to them last time, just physical, 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 and then now it's a different story because now we've got Marnie that, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily go on those um, sort of offensive moments of attack where it's, you know, a break in play. We generally only did that in the second half or, you know, the latter ends, there'd be like maybe a gap or something like we're doing it now, like at any point of the game. And 10, we keep five going. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So I think if we do that, we keep in the pressure and we get one or two early tries. Oh, I think it's going to be so tough for, for England mentally to get back in that game. France, France had a brilliant team. They were on form. They had that crowd, man. That crowd was behind them. It was their that home was nuts, by the way. Everything, everything behind them, backing them when they were in those moments where they were down and that, you know? And yeah, there will be a lot of English supporters there, 100%. But man, I think Springboks, yeah, just need to be on top of it and just utilize those moments. Bro, you look at the uh, the videos from the weekend, there was English fans booing Owen Farrell and English fans cheering for Fiji. Jeez. So I'm not I'm not too fussed by the English crowd actually. That doesn't it's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred like, percent. They might turn on their own team. Generally. I hope so. But I'm excited, Scott. I'm excited. I hopefully we can come in here next week and talk about a final with uh New Zealand or Argentina. Would it not be poetic if it is New Zealand? I know it has it's to the be final. It's the final to decide who gets the fourth. Exactly. I like it, man. I like it. They went ahead. Then then we got the third one. Now it's who's going to be the first to get that fourth badge. Yeah. There's no no ties in, in finals, and that makes me happy. Right. Well, we will uh, we'll be back next week to review what we hope is a Springbok victory potentially against the All Blacks. If you've not already, head over to the socials, give us a like, drop us a follow, and uh, enjoy the rugby. Support the boys. Shout, scream, do what you have to. We'll see you then. <laughs>